0: Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And I am really excited about tonight's episode. Um, You know, one of the big industries in Montana is ranching, cattle ranching. Um, And when you get here (laughs) as an Oregonian coming to Montana, we have cattle ranching in Oregon, too. But you realize how much you don't know. And the first thing you're told when you uh, ask questions in Montana is, Never ask a rancher how many head of cows they have or cattle and never ask how much land. And if you think about it, the first thing you want to do when I introduce my next guest, you want to say, so how much land do you guys have? And you realize um, you don't realize, but that's rude. And it's kind of like their their bank account. You wouldn't go to somebody and say, hey, Rick, how much money do you guys have in savings? You know, and you you don't do that because it's so you learn if you ask questions. And so i saw denise thompson speak at a mayor's prayer breakfast where she was basically doing a prayer but a prayer is a speech to god and i was impressed and i ran up to her afterwards and i said i want to have you on my show just to talk about ranching development uh some of the problems that go on um and, and what your fears are for montana uh, for the future and i thought this would be a really interesting show for people and um I want to thank our sponsors, Chris Dental Family Dentistry, um, where, and they also are now including a denture clinic as well. And, um, as you know, Dr. Bratland backs the blue and your civil liberties too. And, uh, he, uh, you don't have to be vaccinated to go to his clinic. You can come vaccinated or not. You have choice. I guess, Dr. Bratland, you're kind of pro-choice. (laughs) <laughs> you believe people should have the choice to do what they need to do to take care of their health so he's one of our sponsors also tonight we have i gotta look on my chart oh albert taylor uh, endless possibilities an organization in oregon that takes care of people with different abilities um, and i say take care of but it's really not taken care of it's really people that they make lives amazing for people with different abilities and uh, they're they're just a great organization always looking for more staff um, and more people to work with them and then new leaf hyperbarics and wellness center matt mccarl having their big special coming up on the green saturday the day after thanksgiving where if you haven't done hyperbarics yet you can get a, you can buy the whole year's worth at a deal and you save and you can get as many as you want you get a hundred if you want uh, but they do that all on saturday right after thanksgiving so he'll be here later on to tell us a little bit about that also i think uh, brian Ms. kimmons from polson montana is going to be here to give us our oregon washington idaho and montana weather forecast and i can tell you right now here it's snowy <laughs> that's, that's all i have to say so people already coming on here but let's bring denise on denise thompson thank you for being here welcome
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to visit with you and get to know your listeners hopefully a little bit better.
0: Well, you know, when I called Denise today and uh, or, or you called me or yeah, something like that. And anyway, okay. she's out in the middle of the forest uh, rounding up cattle that were out in the snow and finding them. And it's I, I thought to myself, this is a whole different way of life.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure, especially when you have these cold fronts come in and a lot of snow that came a little earlier than really us ranchers want to see. But we're grateful for the moisture and it's part of this way of life and living in Montana for sure.
0: So how many you said, and I don't want to misquote you, but are your grandkids the seventh generation on this ranch that you live on?
1: They are. Yeah, my mother-in-law's family homesteaded it in the 1800s. And, yep, our grandkids are the seventh generation. Wow. Pretty amazing. Pardon me? It's pretty amazing, and it's actually pretty emotional.
0: (laughs) Why? Why is it emotional?
1: (laughs) Um, You know, there is so much heritage and legacy and hard work and sweat and blood and tears and love. Not only for your family, the ancestors, the hardships, you know, seeing kind of where our world is going and the impacts on our younger generation. You know, you just really want to hold on tight to that. And the fact that that you might not be able to hold on to that is pretty tough.
0: And and I think what people forget is though that first generation, how hard. They had to work to get and and people um, people. I, I think sometimes oh, I'm, it's my show. I can say it. I think sometimes the environmental crowd looks and says, you know, you need to stop doing this and you need to stop doing that, and not realizing what you've put into um, this. And and if they bothered to come out. And spend time with you to understand that you care more about that particular environment than they do because it's your families and nobody ever writes that into the script
1: right and they seem to forget if we don't do justice to not only the land and the family and the vocation it will be gone so you know just like you take care of yourself, Rick, you're great about that. Your health is really important. It's no different for a rancher to take care of what has been entrusted into them or what they have worked so hard for. They they have to take care of it. Just like a vehicle. If we don't change the oil and service it and maintain it and wash it and keep good tires, it's the same thing with a ranch. So it's vital that we take care of what we have. Uh, and in my opinion, ranchers were the the first and truest stewards of the land.
0: And you don't get that. You get a bad rap. from. Uh,
1: yeah. You know, I mean, we're not we're not victimhood people for sure. You know, agriculture folks really aren't, uh, I would say, as a whole. They're they're pretty strong folks. And instead of focusing on the victim and the victors, you know, you, you kind of look at this as more of, OK, how can I be a good vessel to speak about this, to share about this, to help people learn and to art- articulate the best we can about what we're facing? And um, there, you know, we're kind of getting hit at all angles. And it's,
0: it's- somebody, somebody wrote on here a question. What environmental ideas and policies are you talking about specifically? Is there one that you can talk about that that you could explain to people why that's why you've got it right there on your tie? you're nodding yeah. your head. I don't okay. know.
1: Um, you know, and it well the first thing that came to my mind is kind of like, for example, the war on cattle. You know, cows are bad. We got to get rid of the cows, mm-hmm. their, you know, their carbon footprint, what they're Putting into the air all of you know they're burping and farting too much and they're ruining the land. They're preventing the wildlife from flourishing. Um, you know, that's BS. <laughs> uh, really, we we need. There are so many byproducts of a cow, and they are good for the environment because one of the most important things that we want in our world is some open space, right? And right. Montana, we are blessed with open space. And when you realize that 60% of the land in the entire world is non uh, cultivatable land for crops, you know, and so cattle can utilize that and give us not only really strong protein, but a lot of other byproducts to help us. And so we're kind of getting hit with the cow thing. Um, Sure, there are regulations, you know, for use of water and for ensuring that wildlife flourish and to be honest with you us ranchers want healthy water plentiful water and we want wildlife we just want a balance and we feel that that balance can be reached as long as those government entities work with us and try to understand our battles and our issues and our challenges
0: I remember doing a story on a rancher in Oregon, Rome, Oregon, and she told me that they, they watered their cows in the Oahe River. They'd go down and get so they environmentalists came in who'd never been there. They had to put up fences um, to keep them out of that river. And she says, and then I went to Portland and I stood on the banks of the Willamette River encased in concrete for 30 miles and polluted. And I said, and you people are going to tell me how to manage my river. Notice exactly. One? That is that the frustrating part for you is that you guys are just eking out a living? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, you work damn hard to make a living and you've got people that don't know anything about you or what you do or why you do it, accusing you of not doing it.
1: Right. And so there's kind of two main points that I'd like to try to remember to share with you. So one is uh, we our family loves to bring people to our place to learn. So we actually host interns from a DNRC, Montana DNRC program and we host young interns every year to try to teach them our challenges and our show them what we believe is, you know, a healthy land and a healthy landscape and a healthy ranch and and so that's really important to us. We we would openly allow anyone to come look and most ranchers would because they believe so much in what they're doing and the importance of it. Then, you know, you kind of go into this whole environmental thing with water and whatever. I have kind of a unique um, outlook on that because I worked for the conservation district in Townsend um, for, oh, well, I kind of still work part time. So going on, you know, 12, 13 years. And our job was to work with all the local folks, ranchers, farmers, landowners, whoever, and help them improve their operations and also help improve the streams, the ground, the grasses, the soils, the, all of it, that was our job. And, you know, we did it really successfully because we had this great group of board of ranchers that, that volunteered to serve on the conservation district. And we had so many ranchers in our community that wanted to do better. And so our job at the conservation wow. district was to help with the funding to get that to happen. And it worked great because there was teamwork.
0: And because they were, so you were the conservationists.
1: Exactly. Yep. And so it was a win win. The ranchers improved their irrigation and stock water and all of that, and the streams in, were improved. In fact, one of our streams was removed off of, it's called the TMDL list for the state of Montana, and that's huge. Uh, it was the first stream put on the list for sediment issues, and it was the first stream removed from the list because of the work of everybody all the agencies and the ranchers.
0: Well, I feel like I hit the motherlode with you. I mean, I've got the a rancher, a, a seventh generation rancher, and I've got a conservationist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm super passionate. This is kind of my soapbox. Uh, I, I love this and I'm very passionate about it and I care very deeply.
0: So I have a soapbox too.
1: Do you? Is that it back there?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll show you. <laughs>
1: Love it! Oh, I love it! I was wondering what the word was. I couldn't quite see.
0: and It's all like dovetail that a guy made it for me. So <laughs> my soapbox is to give people a voice who feel voiceless. So if you climbed on your voice bo- on your soapbox, what would your voice? What's what's the first thing that pops in your head that you'd want to address with people?
1: Oh, there's so many. But the first thing that popped in my head just now was for people to understand the work that goes behind the food they eat. That's probably my biggest soapbox.
0: Because I remember there was a study done in Oregon, and it said that so many children thought that chickens came from a carton. They didn't know that vegetables grew in the ground. They thought you got them at the grocery store. Right. right. Okay. So, Denise, why is it so important that we as people, res- is it the respect that we respect that farmer and that land? Um, because Montana is getting eaten up oh, with, develop- with development.
1: Yeah. Lots of development. And that's super scary. And that's a whole nother part of my soapbox. But I think it's, you know, it's probably respect is some of it, but I think it has to be a mutual mm-hmm. respect, it has to be a communication. And even more so, it has to be this immense desire to truly understand and truly care and truly have some vision to look way into the future.
0: So when you when you look at Montana's future, like especially with the last year and what's going on and people like me um, moving here. um, Shame on you. (laughs) (laughs) but you know what I do you know and I wrote one tonight whenever I write a blog about something cool about Townsend or Montana (laughs) I always tell I always end it or lead into it with now remember the bears will eat you the moose will hit hurt you and it gets really really cold so I always try to give those bad points so people go because you know honestly my wife and I when we moved here I, I guess I could say this but we kind of part of our thing was you know when you go, when it gets cold in the winter, the insects die. (laughs) So, so you have to be hardy to live here. And I, I don't want to live with people who think everything comes from a grocery store and that life is easy because it's not. And you guys get that out here. And I think that's, what's kind of romantic it's until you have, you live in it, you know, when you're the one shoveling the snow and, keeping a fire going all the time. I mean, then it's less romantic, but it's just part of your life. What what would you want people to know about Montana that you're afraid it's going to disappear?
1: Uh, (laughs) You know, I mean, one of them is the open space, you know, that's just imperative. And, you know, I, I'm not a person that's not in my backyard. I'm not that kind of person. I don't mind Rick dancers coming to Montana because I understand the value and why they want to be here. I mean, we love, obviously people are attracted to that open space, that fresh air, that big sky, all the rivers and streams, the wildlife, the agriculture, you know, just to see all of that, the vastness of it is mind boggling. So the big priority is how are we going to love and enjoy and live here potentially or visit here, but protect the very thing that we love and not destroy that very thing that we love. And I think people are getting so caught up in money, 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 money that they're forgetting, you know, whether it's local government, state government, federal government, or just people as a whole, they're forgetting, okay, what are the steps that we need to take the hard steps sometimes, you know, honest steps to protect the very thing that you love most about here. Um, It's, it's, because
0: see, this is what happened to Oregon: is everybody moved in, and then they ruined a lot of the the the, the niceness stuff that we had, and and then it brings new ideas. And I, I guess it's about assimilation. It's about respect, you know. And you, the the bigger an area gets, the more people seem to disrespect, you know, what what's going on there. And and I, I you know I I mean I know because the, the, I I know the. Uh, Oh, what's the over by Clyde Park? Somebody mentioned it in here. Uh, that the the Marlboro Club sold, oh, wow. and now somebody's coming in and developing golf courses when they don't even have enough water from the Crazy Mountains to water the, the fields and the farmers that are using that. And now you're going to have all these multi-million-dollar homes in there. Right. You guys have a development here in in our county that has been approved, and you're fighting it legally. So I don't know what you can and can't say, but it's just right down from from where you are. Right. And, and that's it's a huge development.
1: Yeah, it's a huge development. It's a huge concern. And you know, uh, and it's not that we're saying, oh, you can't put that subdivision because we believe in land uh, private landowner rights. So if a private landowner wishes to develop something or put in a substation for an improved power system, whatever that is, that's their prerogative. But if it starts to constantly inhibit and negatively affect the other landowners, and the natural resources, we have a problem. And if we can't have open discussion and dialogue with respect, and maybe somebody having to say no, um, it's going to just, you know, it's going to go great guns, and we're going to be no different than the other states that are facing this. And I just, I feel like there has to be some really heartfelt discussion on how are we going to handle development because it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And we have actually, we have people selling water rights to other counties uh, that were ag for ag reasons to be used for those big developments. We even have cities, we have cities buying up water rights from ag producers to help, uh, provide water to those cities that's happening right now in Montana. And whether somebody agrees that that's a good thing or a bad thing is not really the discussion. It's what are going to be the ramifications of that. And what are we going to do to be wise going forward?
0: So, yeah, and it it is scary, I guess, for you guys. And and I will back up exactly what you were just saying is we have had no one um, when we say, "Oh yeah, we moved here," I mean, you know, we obviously I ask questions. So somebody told me the first thing you say is, "Tell them you're not from California," okay. and then you can say you're from anywhere, and they won't care. <laughs> so, so I do that jokingly, but but um, but, but no one. They always say, "Oh, well, welcome," you know. Now, when you get online, there's a lot of angry people that'll come on from Montana and say, "Why don't you just take your politics home?" and da 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 da. So, how do you get people to come in? And maybe this is just, we just put stuff out there like that to assimilate with people and don't bring your, you can bring your ideas, but I guess it's a, it's, it's kind of like a respect of, I came here because of what your seven generations, seven generations of family did here in towns in Montana. Why would I want to come in and change any of that?
1: Right. And that's why I say it's really easy to welcome the Rick Dancers, and, and I'm not trying to put Rick on a pedestal at all, but based on what you just said, it's easy to welcome that. But when you, when you start seeing folks either coming here or throwing kind of that whole entitlement thing and just not only being ignorant, but choosing to remain ignorant, and I'm not saying that they're dumb. It's just ignorant to what we're facing um, instead of, okay, like you, come and learn. Or before you get here, learn and understand. And obviously, we know that those people have something worth listening to. And so hopefully us ranchers or seventh generation people can come and we can be better listeners and more engaging because we're kind of a private uh, society. You know, most ranchers are quiet and private and and really don't want to be out there. Um Let's see. So you, you support property but you but also want the government to step in and tell them, no, no, I didn't say that. Uh, I, so wholeheartedly, I wholeheartedly.
0: That's why I put it up there. I wanted you to explain what you're, yeah. what you meant.
1: I wholeheartedly support private property rights above and beyond anything. But if, if, gov- if government agencies, mm-hmm. landowners, citizens, they need to understand what, how we're going to Have progress. What does progress look like, and what are the impacts of that progress? It's no different than if 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 my rancher neighbor rancher wants to, you know, like I say, put in, let's say, either let just a substation or excuse me, a subdivision. Um, Okay, they have the right to do that, but I also have a right to bring forth my concerns because if they put in that subdivision and they dry up the whole aquifer, I can't irrigate and raise my hay crop. And so my ranch is not going to be able to um survive. That's isn't that kind of an important thing? Um
0: see, cool. see I remember in, in Crestwell, Oregon, there was a dairy farm and they <clears throat> this bunch of a bunch of houses came in, created a little mini development, which have you never been to a dairy farm before, you morons. Um and then they got mad because it smells like cow shit. I mean, because it really, you know, I mean you know a cow a dairy farms so, are oh my God. It's I mean it gags you. But then they fought to try to get the dairy farm shut down. Well, the dairy farm was there first. So I think part of your point is you come into this area and what's what's difficult is then you get some. And I'm just going to say environmentalists because I can't think of what else to say. They're not conservationists, but environmentalists come in and you have a way of doing your life and you're doing things. They come in and, well, you know, you can't do this and this and this. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Is you come and get educated so you're not ignorant and find out what we really are doing without your preconceived notions of what you think we're doing
1: exactly and personally my, me i'm not a real fan of government honestly i'm not i have oh, yeah, a lot a more book. faith i have a lot more faith in the citizens of this country than i do the government now are there good people in government does government have some good policies absolutely and honestly i kind of learned to uh, appreciate the government and to agencies. When I worked at the conservation, because I, I I dealt with EPA, DEQ, DNRC, NRCS, the Forest Service. I dealt with all of them on a daily basis. And so we, I started. Okay, what are Why are you doing this? And you know, why is that important to you? And how can how can we work together to help those landowners? And you understand what they're facing at the same time. Like for example, one good thing, DEQ they don't like cows being in pens on streams because there's a risk to those streams not being healthy okay so what can we do to fix that hey how about we work with those ranchers and farmers or those ranchers the cattle ranchers to move their corral systems a little further off the stream okay yeah let's do it so that to me that's the viable solution we still get our corrals if we need them we still get our cows and now we are helping to improve the stream and we have ranchers all over the state of montana and all over the nation doing that all the time we're trying but if somebody says hey your cow can't drink out of that mud puddle i'll have a problem with that
0: right <laughs> so how do you guys so what do you go go from here i mean you're obviously with this lawsuit you're fighting this development but and i'm not just talking about that but i mean in terms of people coming in cuz they are coming in i mean i had three letters from people today emails going after the election, I don't want to be in Oregon anymore. And, you know, fortunately, Idaho is more attractive because it's got better weather. (laughs) That's why we kept coming west or east. (laughs) Our next stop's going to be South Dakota or Wyoming if we have to. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. Well, you know, and I think it's kind of, I'm all for local government. So I think it depends on those local governments and, and obviously the state, but what does the state want and I wish I would have had the oh there's this the montana uh, oh, there there's that phrase about Montana I wish I would have brought that about you know basically it's kind of the motto on on how, how what montana is expected of our state and I that explained it so well but basically you know there are great areas to build a home there are, very poor areas to build a home. There's way, areas that need to have agriculture there. There's other areas that, okay, if we need to do some developing, let's do it. Whether it's a pivot corner or whatever it is, if that's something that you want to do. But I think if those local citizens and, and government entities would get together and have a plan, am I for zoning? Uh, am I for conservation easements? That's a whole nother discussion. <clears throat> Um, it's a hard, this is a really hard, deep topic that I think is going to require a lot of thought and a lot of discussion with people, um, to come up with something that helps those communities and our community. I would hate to see our County turn into Gallatin County and that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen.
0: And see, and, and that's in Oregon, we had, you know, the, uh, friends of what was it? A thousand friends of Oregon who really weren't a thousand friends of Oregon, they were there to put more screeching halt on that. The what you're talking about is personal property rights and the regulations and the zoning was over the top, where you know, and in, in areas and, and it's just it's crazy, but but there is that fine line because you know, like. Where where I live, you go. Okay, here's a big field. I don't want that to turn into housing development either. It's farmland. So, but but is Montana kind of in, in this infancy? I know you're you not a young state, but in its infancy in terms of all of a sudden nobody ever wanted to come here for a long time, and yeah. now all of a sudden you're um, <clears throat> it's like you have the pretty daughter, <laughs> and, and you want to go. Okay, now you can't you can't date her. You
1: yeah. Know? Well, and obviously, you know, I'm sure COVID kind of helped spur Huge. that forward, you know, and the fact that you can have uh, internet almost everywhere. Now, I have really poor internet at my home because.
0: Roger, I found out after I moved here, we have the worst. Yeah,
1: exactly. So so that slows it down a little bit for our county. But, you know, so a lot of people are working remotely and make it makes it easier for folks to make a living here because it, it is if people were to have to rely on a job in our communities to make a living, it's really hard. Uh, agriculture is really, really, really hard. So if people are wanting to make a lot of money, they don't generally come here and right. unless they work you know, remotely. Um, and also, you know, the weather, uh, it, the weather is super hard. It's really, it can be so tough to get around in the winter. And then, you know, it's can be super dry. We've had a drought for a long time and, you know there's a lot of negatives with that too and people some people like oh my gosh to get anywhere you have to drive at least an hour or sometimes three just to get anywhere and that doesn't seem like anything to us we used to drive to haver montana twice a week to watch our daughter play college basketball and that was three and a half hours and it seemed one way and it seemed like nothing for us but um so you know there's those kind of and then i think some people get here because they see it's glamorous on yellowstone the movie yellowstone or the series yellowstone or whatever and they think it's glamorous. We've had some other subdivisions further up in the hills and people move here and they go, oh my gosh, this is, either it's boring or there's too much open space, there's not enough to do, or we can't drive around, we're getting the heck out of here. And it's like, okay, good, go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so my, my son lives in Livingston and he says, yep, cause they have windy, very windy town. Just, yeah. I mean, it's not um, Great Falls or uh, Billings, but it's pretty windy and yeah. just says oh they come there for a year and then they leave you know so yeah. that's what that's what keeps the population at least a little bit but um right. you know it, and
1: i think if you think about it you know i love the fact that there's so many generation ra- small farms and ranchers in our in our state and they're okay how does a business stay alive for generations they they must do something right and instead of people you know, thumbing their nose at that. Okay. Why, what worked? What did they do? How come? And maybe we should adopt some of that in our own lives. You know, I don't know something to think about.
0: Do you think we as a country are becoming too weak?
1: Uh, overall, I, overall, but there's a lot of amazing people, but I, I think things I, I in fact, I was just telling our hired hand this today we were driving the truck, you know, and the drug ha- the truck has all this anti uh, traction stuff, and it tells you if your tires are going flat, you know. And I said it's kind of making us well, I didn't use the word weak; I used a different word. Um, it, you know, because you you get kind of soft, you know,
0: yeah. you do. Uh, I said again, to my wife the other day, we turned the four wheel drive on my Toyota Tacoma. You just turn the little knob, put it in in <laughs> neutral, and kick it in. I said, "Remember back in the day, you had to get out of your truck, turn the <laughs> yeah, you had to move it. So yeah, so
1: even to start your truck, to start your truck, you push a button. You don't yeah. turn a key.
0: No, Denise, I have friends that have trucks that can sit inside their building and hit a button and <laughs> it starts it, and they're not even in. I'm going. That is so cheating." yeah you know, running out there to get in the cold truck so yeah. if you if to to wrap this part of it up we're gonna, i'm having you back and, and i am coming out and helping you brand cows i want to awesome. do that I'm but really, if
1: you're gonna if you're gonna help us brand cows you have to help us calve first in the dead of winter then you okay.
0: no kathy and i both already said we will do it right. we will talk i'm bringing a camera but we're going to totally do it awesome. so if if you were to sit down with the governor and say okay we're, we're bursting. We we need to do something. This is, it's kind of like um, we can't wait for something. What should we, what, what would we do like to, as a, as a state, to, what conversation will we have? Uh, is it sitting down and prioritizing, okay, we want property rights, but we also want to make sure that neighboring farms and, and places are considered. So, and, and maybe it's not a full zoning, but a partial, here is a development area that you yeah. could do. You know what I mean? It's it's maybe you look at all the mistakes. I'll tell you what, spend about a month in Oregon and look at all the stuff that they've screwed up there. And then you come here and you do it completely differently.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. And I know one thing that local governments could do is they could kind of regulate for agriculture, you know, say that these areas have to stay in agriculture. And if they did that, would that help wildlife? Would that help the hunters that want to come and hunt elk? Would that help the fishermen that want to come and fly fish our streams? Would that help with tourism? I think it would. Instead of turning that all into another city, I don't know. Yeah. That's a simple version of it. And obviously, a lot of it behind this is money. And is money always progress? I think not.
0: So, yeah, maybe we need to go back and look at our priorities as I people. Think so.
1: I, you know, I agree. And
0: say what 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 really makes the world go round? And yeah. um what do we really want to become and see ourselves? And maybe that starts with each one of us. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, for sure. Denise,
0: this was like the most fun conversation.
1: I am so honored to be here and I'm glad that I got to know you. And I look forward to getting to know all your listeners. And um this was great. And I appreciate the opportunity very much. Rick. Oh.
0: I will bring you back again and again and again. So and if something comes up or you hear an issue or something that um, because we're developing quite the the little audience here in Montana, too. So um, I even have people from Deer Lodge or girls sending me emails like, hey, I want to do some reporting for, you know, and and can you help me figure out what to do? And I'm going, hey, maybe we'll just build our own little network outside the TV. I got a weather guy that's coming up in just a second who's a real professional and he's a nice guy. And he knows what he's doing so we even do weather i mean oh, i love
1: God. it love Denise,
0: it Denise thompson thank you again i really appreciate your time and we will have you back
1: all right thank you so much bye-bye <laughs>
0: see you later oh that was so awesome so let me before we get to brian because we got lots of weather we got i saw something online that's just kind of scary that's coming in let me get a couple of my sponsors here and then we'll get to uh brian with the weather so hang on just a second the midterm elections did not turn out the way many of us had hoped So what can we do about it? Support local businesses that prioritize freedom of speech, tougher crime laws, and values that support a healthy community, not the same old song and dance that's gotten us nowhere. Even though my wife and I moved to Montana, we still come back to Eugene to see Dr. Michael Bratlin at Chris Dental. He says what he believes and puts his money where his values are by supporting those brave enough to push for change. And best of all, he and his team are just awesome. So if you've been thinking about changing dentists or you just don't have one, you need to go to Chris Dental. Call them today and they'll do their best to see you today. And joining us is John and Peggy Devereaux. Um, yeah. they, are, they are part of the Albert Taylor gang. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you guys been with Albert Taylor, Peggy? Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember either. Since the early '80s. In, in the '80s. So in we couldn't do anything without Josh. Well, you could do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but Josh takes us uh, to Wendy's. Thrift shopping.
2: Grocery shopping.
0: You know. I mean, and honestly, uh, they they see the best in people, you know, and um, and people tend to see the best in them, you know. They're honestly some of the most accepting and friendly people that I know. And I get to have them as clients. (laughs) I'm a lucky guy. Um, If you're looking for a a life change, um, I think we all want, like, like Denise and we were just talking, is you want a simpler, not simpler in terms of hard work. Because working with people with different abilities is hard work. But you know what? You go home at the end of the day and you're beat tired, but you know that you made a difference in somebody's life. Um, how many jobs can you say that about? And not just a difference, but you gave, you opened the world up to people. Um, that's what they do at Albert Taylor, um, open worlds for, for folks like those two, and and, uh, and you will learn so much about yourself. <laughs> and and you will, from that point on, you will understand that when they call people
2: disabled. It really is referring to you,
0: not to them.
2: (laughs) Isn't that true, Brian? Very true. You know, Rick, I always like to say it's in giving that we receive. You know, it's and it's amazing how much, you know, people can teach us. And and I think, you know, that just from being a reporter for all these years, uh, I worked with a great reporter up in Portland that always said, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story and it's amazing to just sit down and just listen. Yeah. You know, you, and just ask, take it ask.
0: you learn to ask the right questions and mm-hmm. and you don't you don't write the, I remember people used to say to me, How come you don't write questions down? You know and I'm going, Oh my gosh, I've never even when I went to a politician or somebody like that, it was like I'm, I'm there to, to go, what's the first thing I think when you say something? And the brave part of being a reporter is, is when you get the question and it's, it's not going to be received well, but you know that every person out there is thinking the same thing and then you yeah. ask the question. You know what I mean? That's the fun part. Yeah. So my it question is. for you is I see we're like a big cold front's coming into the Great Plains and up above it north is. of me, and I just wanted to know kind of how north – And if I could get the whole town of Townsend out here and we blow really hard, if we could just keep (laughs) that
2: weather front. Hey, we are hardy people. Did you see Denise? Oh, You know know what's funny is I was, so I, I got a, I got a side story. I was frantically trying to make it back to my station so I could hook up to Wi-Fi About an hour ago, I was in a meeting with our owner and my phone just kept blowing up and I'm like, what is going on? Well, my wife had taken the kids sledding and put the key and accessory to to play music. Well, apparently her battery needs a check because she was frantically calling me to tell me they're freezing and the battery's dead. Can I come jump them? So, <laughs> and, and my hey. car is really fun. You get to pop the back seat out in order to access the battery on my my car, so you can jump start another car.
0: So all you Oregonians and Idahoans and Washingtonians and Californians who are thinking about coming to Montana, did you hear that? <laughs> His wife was in danger. The, the freezing weather was coming down. The children were scared. And then they were just moments from being eaten by a grizzly bear. So that's why you want to stay or go, go to Florida because they don't have grizzly bears there. The grizzly bears they have there are in Disneyland. And that's where everyone should go. I was going to say, they've got like gators animals, there. Animals really want to be. I want to be the best cow ever cows yeah. don't have dreams they just want to eat and shit
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh you know it's funny though is i i literally i got her jump started and i'm like okay add that to the to-do list for this weekend i need to take the battery and go get it tested because that's about the third time in the past year she's run it dead and it i'm like yeah something's something's off i thought it was just you know she kept leaving it in accessory mode but i think the one of the cells might be bad on her or something but um, so I made it back just like minutes ago, but luckily I'd done all my research before I'd even left here. So I actually am versed on what I'm talking about tonight, but uh, yeah, hey, right, this, yeah, this is a pretty uh, sharp cold front. Another one coming through, and this is the amazing part, you know, in weather, typically we see cycles where it's like maybe two, three weeks at most, and then suddenly, and then the weather changes again. We're now going on since before Halloween, we started seeing our first cold front, move through the northern rockies and we've got another reinforcing shot of cold air coming into the northern rockies coming up tomorrow and i gotta tell you ladies and gentlemen here we go we're ready to rock and roll into some another arctic front moving in tomorrow now for those of you east of the divide rick where you are you're going to get a little bit more of this front than we are, and what I'm talking about is some very strong, gusty east-northeasterly winds tomorrow, and bitterly cold wind chills. Back, you're going back below zero. You're going back below zero. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I know, right? It's I feel like the opposing team right now. But i a new weatherman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, what's that egg on my face? No, um, that's if I blow the forecast. But uh, Rick, no, we're talking about the cold air is continuing to pour. The other thing that is interesting is we got a little bit of moisture. This front for the most part, doesn't have nearly the punch that the one did a week ago. However, there's still enough moisture to drop a few inches of snow, especially for those of you east of the divide. Behind that, that's coming up later tomorrow into Thursday and Friday. By Friday, everything's out of here, and we're just remaining cold. Next week, some signs pointing towards a pattern shift, finally. And warmer Pacific moisture starting to override some of this cold air. During that transition, things certainly could get interesting. We could certainly see, once again, the return. Some valley snow, but also a mix of rain and snow in the valleys, at least west of the divide. And then uh, east of the divide, still continuing to see enough cold air, I think, over there for a mix of snow, possibly even some patchy freezing rain. Uh, Depends on how that jet stream exactly sets up. The forecast map's kind of having a difficult time with that. Meanwhile, for those of you out in the I-5 corridor, Oregon, Washington, looks like your next front comes on probably about the weekend coming up. Between now and then, you've got a lot of sunshine, but also some fog as well to deal with. So, uh, Rick, overall, we're talking about, you know, typical I guess you could say northern Rockies pattern for November anything goes the atypical thing is the fact that we're now going on three weeks of this of this below normal temperature wise across the region
0: so this isn't normal for this time of year
2: not for this duration normally you'll see a week to ten days and then it warms back up but we are I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to go back I just remember November first out when I was on with you that night out winterizing my trailer and tomorrow is the 16th, but there was the week before that, even, I believe we even had some snow. So that's why it's unusual to see below normal temperatures this for this long of a duration, it will finally get up near normal next week. But uh, at this point, you know, it's, uh, I'm kind of liking it personally. I'm a snow lover and I'm a cold lover. So I want to see, I don't know where it was like in Townsend, but the bees this summer, in one in one two-day span, Rick, I got stung a total of a half a dozen times.
0: Well, they just got murdered by this system.
2: <laughs> That's my hope. And oh. I'm not talking the honeybees, ladies and oh, gentlemen. Yeah. I'm talking those nasty wasps. I actually stepped. I had gotten stung while we were out camping on a Sunday. And then the following Monday, I stepped in a uh, in-ground nest while I was out mowing.
0: Well, you know, the Townsend was beautiful tonight. This morning, there was a fog bank. It just it was like you, it, you couldn't, it was like being back home in Oregon, uh-huh. you could not see 10 feet in front of you, and then you yeah. got to Helena, it was better, but came home, and then Townsend, like it always does, except for remember, the bears will eat you. But it got beautiful, the sun was going down, it was crystal, all the snow was like looking really crystally and beautiful. But then I was kind of jealous when I watched Oregon, I looked at the you know Springfield forecast, and it said after the fog. All this beautiful sunshine but i also remember living in that fog and it was like sometimes it disappeared for an hour and then it got dark <laughs> yeah.
2: no and that's true and i remember just what was it a month or so ago we had that horrible crash on interstate five where uh, yeah, yeah, i can't remember fog, how many yeah. people can't remember how many people lost their lives but i mean it was a very bad and that's the thing that i the biggest thing i it was interesting she was talking you guys were talking about all the automations our cars have nowadays One of the things I'm always harping about on air here, when it starts snowing or we get fog, ladies and gentlemen, click the headlights to override. Click the headlights to override because all the cars have that little, I call it the, it's the uh, photo cell in the dash. Okay, the snow is, it's out and it's bright so we can, the headlights can turn off and people forget to turn their headlights on and it's just an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. Oh, I saw a ton of them today. Hey. There's your PSA for the day. I'll give you another PSA. Actually, Rick, I don't know if you knew this. This is something I learned since moving here eight years ago. You know how every car nowadays has traction control? Uh-huh. If you get into a spot where you're, let's say, so I drive a two-wheel drive, front-wheel drive sedan. My wife drives four-wheel drive, so it's not as big of a deal on four-wheel drive. But let's say you get in some really deep snow and your car, and you are just spinning, and you see that little light flashing on your dash, the traction control. If you turn that off, you actually get better traction. And the reason I learned that, I learned that from a tire shop guy. He said, when you get in that deep snow, just turn that off. Because he goes, what it's doing is it's actually reversing the power to the wheels that are slipping. But he said, if you're in a really huh. big rut and you're trying to get out, he goes, that'll actually give you the full power back to both wheels.
0: Huh. Well, see, so. I'm, I'm, I'm assimilating and learning every day.
2: <laughs> so am I. So yeah. I, And I've, I've used it. I've tested it. And he was right. I mean, it. I we live on a hill and there are mornings if I don't turn the traction control off, I don't get off the hill. So,
0: Brian, thank you so much for weather. We'll you. see you next week for
2: Thanksgiving
0: weather. Yes, wow. yes, oh, I know.
2: Where Where is 2022 gone, Rick? That's my only question. <laughs>
0: I don't know. The last week it felt like it dragged on during that election. I was ready for it to be over.
2: <laughs> I know, aren't you? All the political ads are over.
0: <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> so. now, now live in a red state with a supermajority. Oh, God.
2: Yeah. No, it's it is interesting. Always,
0: it is. Inter- I used to always say, I don't want a supermajority of Republicans or Democrats. But now living here, I'd rather have a supermajority of Republicans. <laughs> I have to eat my words. I'd much rather be like <laughs> this. So there it, you go.
2: It's it's really. Yeah. I mean, it's been an interesting past week. But I something I saw online today that I thought was really good is And it's so true. It's like, okay, the election's over and, you know, you can we can all like what's the word I'm looking for? I can't even think of it. We can complain about it or we can just say, okay, you know, at this point, the job is to drive forward and move forward. And it starts right here at home. It starts with the way we treat people going out to the grocery store or wherever. And and I was like, you know what, that's really true. That's you know what, regardless of if you agree with or don't agree with what happened, go out and be kind.
0: Yeah, so. go serve, serve your community. Yep. So, all right, Brian, thanks. With, buddy. Always an honor. Appreciate you having me on. See you, dude. All right, so you guys, we're doing a survey. So here's the here's how you get the survey. We're trying, and we've got like a ton of responses, and then we're gonna do a show on the twenty eighth where Tim, a guy who works with me and did the survey for me, we're gonna read the results and then we ask one of the questions in the surveys, it's about content. What do you wanna see more in the show? What do you wanna see less on the show? And we're getting some really good answers, but then we're also asking you questions you wanna ask me. And so Tim is going to ask some of your questions to me, even the bad ones. <laughs> i like asking i like answering questions when people are mean (laughs) it makes me feel alive um another thing that will make you feel alive is hyperbarics if you've never done it you need to try it matt mccarl from new leaf hyperbarics and wellness center has a special coming up watch this and then we'll be right back
3: today is the saturday following thanksgiving we do it during shop small weekend all that fun stuff for folks here locally it's the time of year where folks can get the lowest price point of the year for their hyperbaric sessions this year at $65 a piece as many treatments as folks want to put on their account. You can buy it at one, you can buy 10, 20, 30, 40. We have folks that come in and buy enough treatments to last them all year round. That also is for massage. So you can get massage at $65 a piece and starting last year, we incorporated our power bed into the sale, can it the power bed for $35 a piece uh, for the 20 minute light therapy session as well it's a great way to get the treatments you need so you can be as healthy as possible throughout the year using hyperbarics massage light therapy all the goods to make you feel amazing
0: so when did they when can they order them and when does it actually happen tell that because i know there's different ways that work
3: so we actually started pre-ordering this week so folks can pre-order you just call in and say or come in and say hey i want 10 of them i want one of them I want five of them and if you're want us to charge that day without calling you and interrupting your holiday weekend you just leave a credit card on file if you prefer we will call you that day and take care of the sale that way 1200 executive parkway suite 230 give us a call at 541-636-3278
0: all right and again that's the saturday after thanksgiving and we want to thank our sponsors new leaf hyperbarics and wellness center also albert taylor endless possibilities and dr Chris Dental, he's not Dr. Chris Dental, he's Mike, my buddy, Michael Bratlin, the doctor at Chris Dental, uh, where they do dentures, they do um, crowns, they do all the care that you need. So let me just give one takeaway from tonight. I think from everything that we all talked about and what we were doing and all of this, and what, what I'm learning coming to Montana from Oregon, you assimilate with people. Um, you come in and you don't try to change um, you come in and you go, I came here because I like what you have. And you've been here hundreds of years, some of your families, and I want to know how to how to live here with you like this. The, the bigger picture of what I got from the conversation with Denise um, was um, maybe we need to stop worrying so much about money. And I I'm running into a lot of people who just want to retire early and they just, everybody wants to not work. And and maybe we just need to dig in and, and look at our jobs differently. Like what we do for a living is not work. It's actually serving people and it has a purpose and, and, and a reason. And then we don't have to have multimillion dollar um, developments and taking tearing up land to make another place for people to pretend like they're on Yellowstone. Um, because bottom line is you're not on Yellowstone and Yellowstone isn't like this. So maybe we need to live in the real world and let the fantasy one kind of die. I have a feeling in the next year, the fantasy one is going to die. I have a feeling it's not going to be an easy 2023 and we may all learn um, how to live that way. But you know what you're going to need? Your families and your people around you and the community to make it happen. Maybe that's what's coming. I don't know. Maybe that's the lesson not to leave on a downer. I think that could be a really good thing maybe in the big picture. So maybe that's where we're going. I don't know, but you know what? I'm gonna be on the ride (laughs) and I'm gonna see where this thing goes. Denise Thompson, thank you so much for being here and and doing that with us. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And um, um, we're gonna do that again. And Brian, as always, thanks for being part of our team. Love having you uh, back on here and doing this kind of stuff. Um, Oh, you guys share this on your page because I'll tell you something a little secret. So Facebook tries to throttle what we're doing and stuff. But you guys have liked our content so much lately that our numbers are like going up like really high. I was peeking just today and I'm going, what? That's nearly half a million accounts that we're reaching. So don't tell Facebook because they don't like that. It's okay. This is what it means to have the other, as as that guy used to say, now for the rest of the story, there are other points of views besides the ones you see on the news. I think I just made a rhyme. Did you? (laughs) I think that's going to be infamous. (laughs) I got to go think about that one. Hmm. Share it on your page, please.